As has already been alluded to, Ronald Gray needs not much introduction. There are a number of you who have never seen Ron or never heard Ron speak or never been to this church. And uh, Ron has been uh, coming here uh, at least 20 years to speak, uh, most years, once a year, sometimes twice. And uh, during that time, we have become friend, a friend of Ron. And Sharon's here. She's Wave your hand, Sharon. She... She can't make it every time, but she made this trip. And uh, they've not just become uh, acquaintances, but friends over the years. And uh, we always look forward to Ron coming because we know that when he comes, he's going to share a word for us that is a now word. Ron travels a little bit, and that's why he wears that shirt. He wears the world because he goes to the world. Um, and, he, you know, he started... Uh, it, he, he, he started ministering when he was 15 years old. And, uh, and anyway, so he's, he's been doing this a while. And, uh, he's pastored churches. He's been, uh, currently, he's, I, I always forget your title. Is it Director of Missions Growth? The Mission Support. Direction, Director of Missions Support for 189 missionaries. He might mention something about that, but uh, uh, but he, he travels the world and he travels the United States as well. Uh, but uh, but uh, Ron and I, as he said a couple times this weekend, Ron and I both are pastored by Charles Simpson, and uh, and so we both serve on his board, his ministry board. So the main thing that we have for, with Ron is that he's going to come up here and share a word, and some of us are going to get pricked in our hearts. By the word of God, that's going to move us. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Move us. Let's welcome Ronald Gray. Thank you, bud. Larry helped me with this one yesterday. We were in the men's meeting Friday night and Saturday morning. That old song uh, kind of came up in the process of us um, sharing some of the things that we share with the men that uh, Bill Gaither wrote years ago that says, Something beautiful, something good, all my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. Did he make something beautiful of your life? I'm so glad for what he's done for me. He's good, isn't he? Would you just say he's good? Amen. I'm glad for what God has done. He's taken all our confusion and all of our hurts and all of our pains and all of our difficulties, and he's given us a future and a hope, and you can't buy that. That's a gift that he's given to us. Amen? It's such a joy to be here. We love you guys and love Larry and Ann so much. I'm glad Sharon is here, my bride of 41 years, and... um We've been blessed uh, uh, to serve the Lord together, and uh, 
so grateful for his goodness and his mercy. Uh, this year, uh, I've already been, well, this year I haven't already been, but before the end of the year, I will be in 10 countries and three of them twice. That ain't bad for an old guy, let me just tell you. And um, I'm pushing 3 million air miles. And um, I've traveled to 60 countries and a lot of those a bunch of times. But God has uh, been gracious to us. And the Lord is doing great things around the world. We're establishing schools. I'm leaving in two weeks for Honduras. Uh, we've met a man there that has a compound. And he's come to our meeting in Gatlinburg and and has asked us to come down and start a school for pastors Years and years ago, 25 years ago, we started a school in Kenya, Africa with a, and with a different methodology of, uh, coming to school for two weeks, going home for six weeks, keeping everybody, com- the, the pastors connected to their family and to their community rather than leaving and going to Bible school and they got disconnected. And the methodology of that has just been phenomenal what it's done. And so now we've had over 4,000 pastors come through our school in Kenya. But now because of that, we now have schools uh, also in Uganda, Senegal, Zambia, uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo, India, two in Mexico. And this past March, I graduated the first pastor's school in Cuba. And um, amen, that's a good thing. Um, And so the Lord has allowed us to uh, to, to share that and I'm leaving, uh, I go back, I will go to Kenya in, uh, December this year, not for our school this year, but actually for the alumni, for, uh, those that have graduated. They've asked us to come over and do a pastor's conference for those who've gone through our school and just give them a little oomph, uh, just, just get them kicked in and get a little more. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And I'm, a I'm going to try to slow down a little bit next year. Uh, Larry and I are the same age, and he already told you that sometimes he can't remember his name. Um, he, he said that. I didn't. Um, and so the reality is is that um, we, we, we're not going to quit, but we are going to slow down just a little bit. I can't go to 10 countries every year anymore. I just can't do it. And uh, But I'm so grateful for the Lord helping us and you, if you're not on um, any of our um, social media, uh, I'm on Facebook at Ronald Gray Ministries. I have RonaldGrayMinistries.org.com.net.everything. And so you can find me. I Twitter, Flitter, Flutter, and Fritter. Um, I do all of those different things. And so if you're interested in knowing what we're doing and where we're doing it, you can follow us Um on that social media and, and, and pray for us that God will, uh, continue what he's begun in us to be able to share with the nations. And, uh, as has been already remarked several times, I'm wearing the nations today, uh, because I pray for the nations. I'm a, I'm a man of the nations. I believe that God has called us to go into the world. And so I took that literally. And so, uh, we've been doing this now for over 35 years, traveling around the world and, and preaching the gospel and sharing uh, with those. And so um, we just ask you to uh, to continue to pray for us. God is is doing phenomenal things. I, I, I thought this morning when I got up, I said, well, timing is everything. I was going to stand up today and tell you that I'm planning my last 
tour of Israel in 2025. Now's not a good time <laughs> to promote <laughs> to promote that, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll let you know later on in the year uh, how that's working out. Okay, um, but we're praying for Israel and we're praying for our friends there and believing for God to touch them and save them and keep his hand upon his people. Amen. Amen. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. And uh, so um, the other thing I share with you this morning is some of you may not have gotten my new book last year. It just came out last year. It's called An Adventure in Obedience. And it's just my stories of things that I've done, some of them funny, some of them sad, uh, some God stories of the greatness of God, of what he's done in places. And, and it tells a lot of things about different countries that I've been in. And so uh, I've got a few of them out on the table and Sharon will be there uh, after the service this morning. If you're interested in picking up one, they're $20. And if you don't have your money today, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it as an ebook uh, as well. And so uh pray that it would be a blessing to you. We just, uh, we felt like it was time to just, uh, my, my kids and, and some friends that said, Ron, you need to write down all your stories. And so during COVID, I had plenty of time to do that. And so we made that happen. So it's available for you. All right. So turning your Bible today to John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32, and then another scripture in Proverbs 23, 23. So John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And Proverbs 23, 23 says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. And one more, John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your word that it accomplished the purpose for which it is given. Lord, we honor you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a little bit of levity before I uh, share I uh, that kind of goes along with this message. A lady, her husband passed away and a friend said, um, you need to get a pet to help you get over your husband's death. And so she went to the pet store and the owner said, can I help you? And uh, um, she said, well, I need a companion because my husband died. He said, I've got just the thing. He said, I've got a talking parrot. And she said, sold, I'll take it. He said, it's expensive. She said, it doesn't matter. I want the parrot. And so he, uh, she took the parrot home and a week goes by and the parrot is completely silent. And so she goes back to the store owner and said, the parrot won't say a word. And the owner says, well, what he needs is a mirror. They love to see themselves in the mirror and they talk to themselves. So she bought a mirror and a week passed and the parrot sat in the cage looking in the mirror, but didn't say anything. She went back again, said, still nothing. Said, well, what he needs is a ladder. So he likes to climb up a ladder. And so she bought a ladder and the parrot kept climbing up the ladder, but was completely silent. And so he came back and said, well, I don't understand. 
I've got a cage, a mirror, and a ladder, and said, well, what you need is a swing. A swing is important. Parents like to climb the ladder, swing on the swing, climb down the ladder, look in the mirror, and then the parents going to talk to you. No talk. The widow is furious. She gets up in the morning and the parrot is dead. She goes to the, the store. She said, the parrot is dead. And said, well, did he say anything at all before he died? And said, yeah. He said, doesn't that store sell any food? Sometimes people want to get us, give us things that we don't need that aren't really important. But what we really need is truth because it's truth that sets us free. There's another great scripture in third John verse four that says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. When I was uh, very young in the ministry, I was looking for a name for our ministry and a friend of mine had all the graphic stuff and had a, a ministry called No Greater Joy Ministries. And so I formed No Greater Joy Ministries and sent it out and used that for a while. And But then I went to a church that was advertising me coming. And they ran an ad in the paper and they said, Ronald Gray of No Great Joy Ministries is going to be preaching this Sunday. <laughs> I never realized how important an ER was. So I stopped using No Greater Joy. Ministries right then. Um, I believe that truth is under attack today. There's a famous line in a movie that all of you will know that says, You can't handle the truth. But I've brought a word to you today to Abundant Life Church, and I'm saying you can handle the truth. And without the truth, you'll never be able to be all that God wants you to be and do all that God wants you to do. But the truth helps make you into what he created you to be. Truth is used 224 times in scripture. Mankind has altered the truth about reality by convincing us that there's no absolute truth. They say the truth is what you say is the truth. It's been said that if a lie is repeated enough times, it becomes the truth. It never becomes the truth. It never changes. <laughs> I grew up in the 70s and there was a song that says, Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Well, feelings will mess you up. <laughs> Some of y'all are in the mess you're in because of feelings. Feelings will get you in trouble. Don't let feelings guide you. Feelings are not what's going to help you. And so we've got to get past feelings and get to a place of truth. It's been attacked since the very beginning of time. We look back at creation and see that Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world and they only had one prohibition. That one thing that they were prohibited to do was to not eat from the fruit of the tree and knowledge of good and evil. But Satan came along and this is what he said. Is that true? Is it true? Did God really say that? Did he mean that you couldn't eat from that fruit which is pleasing to the eye and certainly would taste very good? Satan, at the very beginning, was attacking truth. We go down through history and see that question comes up time and time again. When Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate was king. Pilate demanded to know if Jesus was a king. And Jesus said, you're right. 
I came to testify to the truth. And Pilate said, what is truth? Pilate acted as if he did not know the truth. In our day and age, God's truth is daily assaulted and attacked. In fact, we're told that society today no longer accepts or believes in an absolute truth. Truth so many times depends on how a person determines whether it's relevant to his or her life. But I could declare to you today that there is truth today. There's an absolute truth of God in the Scriptures. When the Word tells us there's sin, there's sin. But when He tells us there's forgiveness, there's forgiveness. The psalm writer says, For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. That's Psalms 86. Even though the world might disagree and Satan might assault you, the fact that there is a truth, there is that there is no truth, there is truth. And the truth is what makes us free. Truth is a conformity to a fact, a reality, the exact accordance with that which is or has been or shall be. And so I believe that today, and I'm not going to tell you something today that you haven't heard or don't know that hasn't been probably preached here in some way, shape, or form. But there's so many things that are attacking the body of Christ today. And one of them is the emergent church, and one of them is the progressive church. And it's entering into so many places, and we say it can't happen to us. But I'm here to tell you that there's friends of mine that have been preaching the Word of God for 40 years today that have bought into the emergent church heresy. They are doing things today that are uncommon to the things of the Word of God. And I believe that we need to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. We're not going to allow this heresy into the body of Christ. The emergent church believes that truth changes from day to day according to the media or politicians or anybody that wants it to change. Heresy is what the emergent church is proclaiming. They, they share experience over reason. They say, well, it doesn't matter what the Word says. It's what your experience is. Listen, you may have experienced something because of eating too much pizza. Be careful. Don't let that stuff get into you. It is not relativism. A lot of times it's spirituality over doctrine. You know, we say doctrine in the church today and people's eyes roll back in their heads. Doctrine is not boring. Doctrine is saying that, that, that we are saved by faith, not of ourselves, but by Him. It's faith that saves us. It, doctrine is that by His stripes we are healed. That's doctrine. It's what the Word of God says. And so we have to be careful that we don't let this whole mentality today of uh, spirituality, just because people go to a church and raise their hands at a song that sometimes is not even the Word of God. Be careful what you hear, little ears. Be careful. We have today subjective feelings over absolute truth. Again, people say, well, this is how I felt. It doesn't matter how you felt. We have to believe in the historical word of God that has lasted through all of these centuries. We trust his word. Rob Bell, who wrote the book Love Wins, he said, Repentance is not turning from sin. It is a celebration of life in Christ. Anybody who tells you that you need to repent is not talking about Christianity. That's heresy. Because there's only one way to heaven. 
to ask him to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the only way to heaven. It does not come by our own attitudes or something that takes place around us. It comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Doug Paget said, is homosexuality incompatible with Christian faith? And he said, no. And yet the word of God declares that there is still something that God believes in. He created man and he created woman. And yet we're living in the day and then the progressive church has moved into a transgenderism and all the different things that are taking place. And here's the issue, church. God loves everybody. I talk to all kind of people, but God doesn't accept everybody into heaven. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Hallelujah. And so I believe that we need to be a people who stand upon the premises of the Word of God. And so I want to just talk to you a little bit today about some truths that I believe that are evident to us. First of all, what I was just saying, the Word is the Word of God. It is not opinion. I believe the Word has transcended every situation and every difficulty. The Word is something that we live by and that we focus on. The Word of God is the book of the ages. The Word of God was written with a purpose. It was divinely inspired. It is powerful in its influence. The Word is food for our soul. Can I just encourage you today to be a people who read the Word every day? We've gotten away from that in so many ways. And we let other people tell us, you need to get into the Word of God and read the Word of God every day. For over 20 years, I have read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Whether I traveled, whether I did anything else, I've read the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation every year of my life. Because why? It's food for my soul. It gives me strength. Jesus said when he was fighting the enemy, what did he say? It is written. And so we need to be a people who live by the word of God. It furnishes light. It gives direction to us. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. It needs to be written in our heart. It purifies us. It should be studied. It's profitable for instruction. It should be sown. As a seed, it should not be, we should not be ignorant of. We should be able to preach the word. I went to one church there years ago and the pastor said to me after the service, he said, Ron, I think you use more scriptures in your sermon than any other preacher that we had. I said, thank you. Because I don't want it to be my opinion. I want it to be the word of God. We're going to live by the word, not our self-seeking, self-pleasing religious ideas that have replaced truth to. We, what does the word say? That is the answer to every question, the bottom line to every discussion. I believe the word will cause us to live right and will teach us to live with each other. Amen. I believe that the word uh, is life changing. I believe that. Uh, Luke 8, 1 says that the seed is the word. You may not understand the power within a seed, but you know that when you sow it in receptive soil, it will spring to life. It won't sit there and do nothing, but it will produce fruit. I don't do a lot of uh, sermon illustrations, but it, don't I have a fancy package here? But I brought a sermon illustration. First of all, 
I've got one of these little, that thing, I hate it. We had them in our backyard and my daddy wanted me to rake them and you never could get them all. And because of those, within that is a seed and those seeds grow up into great big trees. And then I got another one. I shared this with the guys the other night a little bit. That's an acorn. Today's mighty oak is yesterday's little nut that held its ground. You know, the fact is, is great things come from small beginnings. And the reality is, is the seed of the word in you will produce the grace and purpose of God in your life. It's not an accident. It's not just something that happens by itself. It's something that is, takes place because the word is in you. And when the seed of the word gets in you, it will produce a harvest. It will produce what God intended for it to be in your life. And so we need to understand that the word is truth. I'll tell you another truth today. There is a hell. <laughs> That'll get a lot of play today. I preached a message years ago that said everything you wanted to know about hell but was afraid to ask. I found out nobody wanted to know. <laughs> I sold zero uh, of those tapes in those days. Nobody wanted to know about hell. But there is a hell. <laughs> hell is real. It's a lake of fire. It's grinding and gnashing of teeth. But can I just tell you that the worst thing about hell is an eternity without the presence of God. All that other stuff is just stuff. What makes hell, hell is being without God, being out of his presence, out of his goodness, out of his mercy. I don't want to go to hell. And I'm glad that another truth is that there's a heaven that doesn't get a whole lot of play either today. But I want to tell you, I still believe in heaven. Yeah. I'm thankful for what he's done for me in my life. Thank God for heaven. It's not just a place of sitting on the clouds. <laughs> I did a, when I was pastoring in South Carolina, the newspaper was doing a religion, the religion editor was doing an article about angels. And I had just finished a whole series about angels. And so they, Somebody in our church told them about it, and so they came to my office, and they did an interview for about two hours. And during the interview, I told them that angels are not little naked babies with harps sitting on clouds. That was the only quote that they used to mine in the newspaper. <laughs> and I said so many other good things. But I still stand by that. Heaven... It's not angels playing harps on clouds. It's a place where God orders the universe. It's a place where the people of God will live one day. As heaven comes to earth, the Bible says we're going to judge angels. We're going to rule cities. I don't understand all of it that I know, but I want to be there. Hallelujah. I want to live in heaven for all eternity. It's a place of many mansions. I don't know where you live now, but I got good news for you if you're a child of God. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
Hallelujah. I believe it's going to be more than we could ever dream or imagine. I believe it's going to be something just uh, marvelous for us. I believe it's a place of eternal happiness. No more heartaches, no more pain, no more sickness, no more shame. Oh, thank God. All the pain that we have of dealing with our loved ones who die around us and our children who have died and our parents who have died and our siblings who have died and the pain that we feel. But the Bible says in heaven there's going to be no more pain, no more dying, no more difficulties, a place of eternal salvation, a place where there'll be no more sorrow, where there'll be no more tears. Hallelujah. I'm so glad for that. It's a place where we'll never hunger again. A place where there's rest for the weary. A place where all hostilities have ceased. I'll tell you one thing, I'm glad for heaven. It says that we're going to have a new body. I've asked for a size 32 waist. Woo! Glory be to God. He's also going to give me some new knees. Hallelujah. Because these are wearing out. I'm going to heaven, Larry. I'm going to sit with the Lord forever and ever. Ask all those hard questions that I've wanted to know all of these years. Church, I don't think we think about heaven enough. We live so much in the nasty now and now that we forget the sweet by and by. There's heaven coming. One day we're going to live with him forever and forever and forever and forever. We're going to be singing and rejoicing and magnifying the Lord forever. Oh, I believe we need to praise him and magnify him. I believe that, that, I believe that, uh, another, uh, another truth is that there are consequences to our actions. <laughs> Well, again, this one doesn't necessarily get a whole lot of excitement built up. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. You know, I believe that sometimes our consequences, I believe, come because of our own decisions. You know, the reality is, is that sometimes our consequences, there are consequences, let me say this, there are consequences to our words and there are consequences to our attitudes and there are consequences to our actions. You know, the truth is, is sometimes people say, why am I in this situation? You know, there was an old comic years ago, Flip Wilson, they used to say, the devil made me do it. You can blame it on the devil all you want to, but sometimes it's just you and me that made stupid decisions. Our daughter came to us one time and she said, Dad, how long am I going to have to have the consequences of my bad decisions? I said, I don't know, baby. I said, I don't know. Sometimes you can't just, you can't circumvent that. Sometimes you can't stop it. I will tell you, I believe there are some consequences that you can, you can shorten because the Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I believe that sometimes if we quit playing games with God and we just take responsibility and say, <laughs> God, I tried to blame it on my brother, my sister, and everybody else. But it's just me. It's just me. I just, I just, I had a, 
none of this is a good, this doesn't relate to anybody in this church, but I've had a couple of stupid moments. <laughs> just did no reason, just did something. And, and you know, sometimes I've been in that place where I've said, God, why am I going through this? If you get real honest with God, God, God has said, you remember four weeks ago? No, Lord, I don't hardly remember yesterday. He said, remember four weeks ago when you was talking to so-and-so and you had an attitude. And he brings me back to that and I see it. And I say, God, forgive me for my attitude. And all of a sudden, he shortens the circumstances of that issue. And I feel relieved and I feel refreshed and I feel able to move on into what God has for me. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says you will reap what you sow. And today there's a lot of people, even in the body of Christ, that have forgotten and they're doing things that are contrary to the word of God. And I'm commissioning you today in the name of the Lord, do what God says do. Follow his word. They are not suggestions. They are commandments. And they are telling us how to live and what to do. And I will tell you something wonderful. When you do it God's way, it produces freedom. It does not produce a feeling like you're in prison. It produces a freedom to be what God wanted you to be and created you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that another truth is that there's a Savior. The scripture that we read said he's the way, the truth, and the life. I got great news for everyone in this room. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to save us from all sin. There's nothing that you've done that is unsavable. There is nothing that you've done that is unforgivable. No matter what you've done, the grace of God is sufficient to forgive you. Anything that we've done can be forgiven. For God so loved the world that whosoever, that's us, should believe in him, would not perish but have everlasting life. There was a great hymn written years ago that says, oh, what a savior. Oh, hallelujah. His heart was broken on Calvary. His hands were nail scarred. His side was riven. He gave his life blood. For you and for me. I believe that there's a Savior who has given us the gift of love, unconditional love, grace-filled love, who gives us, again, a future. He gives us a path to be able to walk on. I came across this little story. I like it. An elderly gentleman was out walking with his young grandson. How far are we from home? He asked the grandson. The boy said, Grandpa, I don't know. And the grandfather said, Well, where are you? And again, the boy said, I don't know. So the grandfather said good-naturedly to the boy, Sounds to me like you're lost. And the young boy looked up at his grandfather and said, No, I can't be lost. I'm with you. Ultimately, that is the answer to our lostness too. We can't be lost if he's with us. And his promise is, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but I'll be with you always, even 
to the end of the world. And so Jesus is the way, the truth. We're talking about truth, so Jesus is the truth, the life. And Jesus, and the scripture says that I've always thought about this. We, again, we think of this in the context of some kind of a, a doctrine and idea, but it says you shall know the truth. Well, Jesus is the truth. So you shall know the truth and the truth being Jesus will set you free. It's not the knowledge of just some information. It's the knowledge of who he is. The same yesterday, today, and forever. One of the greatest joys I have in my life is I can't tell you how many places I've been with different languages that I couldn't understand. But I understood when they looked to Jesus and began to worship him and magnify him in every language and every tongue and every tribe that it doesn't matter where you are or what language you speak or where you came from. The truth, Jesus, is still the one who will set you free. And the freedom that God gives to us is the freedom to be whatever he created you to be. There's no limitations in God. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> I'm a testimony of that. I have no degrees. I have no, <laughs> no real talents, no abilities. But what I did was say yes to God. And when I said yes to him, he said, I'll just take you, boy. And I'll use you because you said yes. What God is looking for from every one of us in this room is to say yes. Will you just say yes to him? The truth that he has for you to be what he wants you to be and do what you want, do what he wants you to do. That's what God is looking for. I want you to stand with me, would you? Hallelujah. Close your eyes, bow your heads for just a moment. I don't always do this anymore because of going to churches where I've been so many times. But as I was praying about this day, I want to give an opportunity today that if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know Him as your Lord, Don, would you or Sean come and just play something just... I felt like the Lord said to me that there would be somebody here today that you're not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I'm not going to play semantics with you. I, I don't care if you went down to a, uh, an altar 25 years ago and shook a pastor's hand or did this or did that or signed a card. I'm asking you, are you in a right relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know for sure today that he is the savior of your soul. And I'm going to ask you today, if you are not sure, I want to pray for you today. I want you to leave this place today knowing the savior of your soul who forgives you completely in every way of your life and gives you the future that you need. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm not, this isn't going to last 
I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead. I've said the word. The word has gone forth. I feel the spirit of the Lord here. If you're in this room and you're not in a right relationship with God, don't play games. If you're not in a right relationship with God, but you want to be right now, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody in the room? Anybody here that's not where you need to be with Jesus? God bless you. God bless you. Others? Anybody else? I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I'm not in that place that I need to be, but I want to be. Thank you, Father, for these hands. And Lord, I say right now, we pray together, Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he died for me, that he rose on the third day, and that he's coming back for me one day. Thank you, Lord, today for forgiveness. I receive that forgiveness right now. Everybody just say, I receive that forgiveness. Lord, I thank you today for your love and for your strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm done, but I just feel like the Spirit of the Lord is... I believe that there's some in this room today that the word that comes to me is confusion. And you've got a lot of confusion in your life. There's confusion about where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, what's happening with my family. There's just, when I say confusion, it relates to you. And so if, if I might this morning, just before I end and give it back to Larry today, that if you're dealing with confusion, I'm going to ask you to do more than just raise your hand. If you're dealing with confusion, I want you to step out and just come and stand here at the front for just a moment. And I just want to pray for you that peace that passes understanding would flow into you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? You come. It's not God's will for us to have confusion. He wants to direct us. He wants to guide us. He wants us to know the place and the purpose of our life. So, Father, I thank you for these that are standing here, God, and I bless them and I encourage them, Father. And I just say in Jesus' name, Lord, I come against, Lord, the spirit of confusion. Lord, I say right now, Lord, that we renew our mind in you. And that, Lord, from this day forth, God, we will not, Lord, be confused about direction or purpose. But, Lord, today, Lord, we set a course for you. And we say, God, Lord, that I will follow you step by step by step.
And so, Lord, I thank you today. Lord, as we come against all confusion, and Lord, we just speak clarity. I speak clarity, God. I just speak clarity, God. I speak clarity. I thank you, God, Lord, that we see, Lord, not as the world sees. But, Lord, I believe this is a word for all of these that are standing here, God, that you're giving us a new perspective. That, Lord, instead of seeing it, Lord, from the place of under, we see it from the place of above. And, Lord, when we see it from the place of above, Lord, I believe, Lord, it gives us clarity and it removes all the fogginess and the confusion. And, Lord, all of a sudden we say, this is the way. This is what the Lord says. This is the way. Walk ye in it. And you'll be able to walk into what God has for you and do what he's called you to do. And so, Father, Lord, I just speak this and I speak, Lord, that you would wrap your arms around these that are here. And, God, that you would help them, Lord, to once again, Lord, know to trust you. Hmm. Hallelujah. Sister, can I just tell you, the Lord just says you can trust him. That so many times there's been those around you that have promised things that didn't come to pass, but the Lord says you can trust him. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to walk in what you already have or what you've done. But Lord says just trust him. Put your confidence in him. And know that God is not going to take advantage of you or hurt you in any way. But he's going to carry you into your future and into your purpose. Lord, let it be so. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I bless this house. I thank you, Lord, for a house that speaks truth. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Larry and the elders, God, who, are, who Lord, are men of truth. And, Lord, I just pray that in this season, God, that, Lord, that we won't let anything get in the way of what you've called us to, Lord, for this day and for this hour. We honor you and praise you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated just for a moment. I just want to say also for those of you watching online, if that was for you and you felt like Ron was praying for you, then go to his website or Facebook page and message him and let him know that. But I know there's somebody out there somewhere in the world watching this morning that this word ministered to, as it did to all of us here in this room. And uh, we, we pray that that word continues to grow and to draw us and to move us um, towards the truth. And the truth, of course, is Lord Jesus himself. We, is, as Ron said, truth is under attack today, and we have to embrace the truth. We have to hold the truth and not, not buy a counterfeit truth, uh, not buy some of the things he talked about, the deceptions that are going on in some parts of the church today, but continue to embrace the truth himself. Um, I was going to say this earlier. <clears throat> I, I wrote sometime recently, and I don't remember where, 
I wrote it. You, some of you might help me remember, but I wrote about the transfiguration when Peter and James and John went up the mountain with Jesus. And, of course, naturally, like a lot of good church members, they fell asleep. And the, the presence of God became very rich. They woke up and, wow, there's Moses and Elijah and Jesus and Peter being Peter. Hey, man, this is great. It's, it's good that we're here, he said. Isn't it great that we're some? And as a side note, too many of us think we're doing Jesus a favor. But he says, good that we're here. We can build some houses. We can build some tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And some years ago, the Lord showed me in that that Peter was mistakenly equating Jesus with Moses and Elijah. <clears throat> and God uh, interrupted. If you're going to talk to a guy like Peter, you have to interrupt him. Y'all, y'all know the type. And God interrupted Peter while he was talking. He said, Hey, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he said, and in the Greek text, it's, uh, it's emphasized, listen to him. And one of the things we have to do today is listen to him. And we have to exalt Jesus Christ. Somebody says, what do, you, what do you think about this group? Or what do you think about that group? And do you know if they're a cult or they're a I say, here's how I determine. What are they doing with Jesus? You know, if they don't believe in speaking in tongues, we, we we're okay. If they don't believe in, if they, it doesn't matter. What matters is, what are they saying about Jesus Christ? And if they're exalting him as the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and through him and through him alone we find salvation, then I can work through all that other stuff or ignore it. And we have to, we have to remember, as we sang this morning in the Revelation song, it's about him. It's, it's, it's not about all the peripherals that we want to get into. And if we'll do that, we won't... Excuse me. We will not buy into a bad throat. Anyway, we won't buy into all of the nonsense that's out there. Ron identified a couple of them. There's more uh, that are that are pervading and invading the church. And I pray that we never have to see that come into this body. You won't hear it come through me. I can tell you that. 